Welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. Doing stuff you like is cool, and so is making money. This is the show where you'll learn to do both, from people who are actually getting paid to do what they like. I'm your host, Bo Blackwell, and I'm here to help you discover how you too can get paid for that, whatever that may be. Hey there, and thanks for joining me for a new episode of You Can Get Paid For That. On this week's episode, I'm joined by a friend of mine who has created an amazing lifestyle business named Jacob Hiller, and he built this business that allows him to travel the world with his wife and young child, run the whole thing remotely, be, live a totally nomadic lifestyle, and just spend all their time traveling and visiting places all over the globe by teaching people how to jump higher. That's right. <laughs> it's pretty incredible that he's been able to build a thriving business and do all kinds of cool stuff with it um, by teaching people how to jump higher. So in this episode, I talked to Jacob about how he got started, how he turned this from just purely free content into a, a full business with products and everything, and how he manages to run a business like this while he's traveling the world with sporadic internet access and uh, not having a full company and full team around it. So it's really cool stuff. I think you'll learn a lot of interesting things about how you can create content and turn it into a business and really figure out what people want and would be willing to pay you for. So I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here, Jacob. I'm really excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Bo. Cool. So first off, uh, tell me, where are you right now in the world? Because <laughs> you're always traveling around. <laughs> we are now in Tokyo. Uh, so Tokyo, Japan. Very cool. So, And you travel with your wife and, and your two-year-old, right? So that, that's quite a, an unusual adventure or something that most people I don't think would even try. But, but you guys have been doing it for, for how long now? Uh, six years. So my, my, my boy is two years old. So we did about four years, just the two of us. And then he was born in Mexico and we kept going. So at two years old, he's lived in about 22 countries, I think. So it's kind of fun. That's incredible. (laughs) How many, do you have any idea how many countries you and your, your wife have visited by this point? I mean, it's gotta be crazy. I I think, I think if you count the Vatican, it's 45 and we usually do just for giggles. Sure. Sure. Wow. That is so (laughs) awesome. (laughs) So do uh, you have any plans to, to stop traveling eventually or do you feel like this is something you just want to keep going you know, indefinitely? Well, I think we have plans to slow down because like right now it's every few months we change countries, sometimes every month. And so I think we'll slow down. But the plan is to slow down to between one and two years. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So uh, let's jump in. Uh, could you tell us what it is that that you get paid for? What's your business that you're running while you're doing all this, this world traveling? Um, I sell primarily a, an ebook about teaching athletes to jump higher. Teaching people how to jump higher. So how, how did you decide that, you know, that was going to be your niche or was it something that you kind of stumbled into accidentally? I didn't even decide or stumble into it. I suppose I just really like jumping higher and, <laughs> it grew into something that I was like, oh, no, I've, I've got to make a product here because like, I started making YouTube videos because it was the only thing I knew how to do. I didn't know how to do websites. I didn't know I was a writer. And so I just started talking about vertical, you know, how to train to jump higher. 
And there you go. And it's all of a sudden I had all these people asking me more information, more information. And yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> that's awesome. So when you say jump higher, like who, you know, who's interested in this stuff? How did you get interested in it um, just for yourself? And then who are the, you know, the people that yeah. that were coming to you about it? Well, what people don't know is there's like this subculture inside of basketball of people who just want to dunk more than anything else in the world. And I was part of that. Uh, and then so like, but what I didn't realize is that beyond that, there's a lot of people who want to jump higher in soccer, football, all these sports that I hadn't really thought about, uh, who are kind of obsessed. It becomes kind of an obsession, uh, with jumping higher. And so, uh, it's a, it's, it's actually a much bigger niche than even I thought. Hmm. That's so fascinating. I mean, I'm. I would love to be able to uh, dunk all day playing basketball, but <laughs> unfortunately, I'm five foot eight, so that's probably not uh, not likely. I'm sure it's possible, and if I uh, went through your your product, I might be yeah. able to get close. But yeah, yeah we've had some guys shorter than you, Duncan. So I'm sure you could do it, Bo. Oh you, man, you seem very spry, anyways. <laughs> very spry. Yeah, it would take me a while to get there, but uh, that may be one of my bucket list goals I need to put out there. So you said um, that you started out doing YouTube. Um, you know, what kind of motivated you to start even just putting your, you know, putting the videos of yourself out there? And and how long ago was this that you really kind of got started with the the YouTube stuff? Um, it was about six years ago, and I was building another product. And I thought, you know, I I was just making. I, when I would go to gyms, basketball gyms, people would be like, "How do you jump so high?" And I realized that people didn't know how. And I kind of figured out how after like years and years of obsession. And so I just started like explaining a little bit. And so I would tell people about my videos. They would ask me. And instead of giving them like a 30-minute explanation, I would send them to my videos. Hmm. Uh, and, then I, and then it started getting kind of big, like thousands of views. I mean, the, the, the channel now has had about 3 million views, I think. Uh, but it, it started building up and building up and people were like, more, we want more, we want exercises, exactly what you did. And I realized that I had to do something. And so my first attempts at creating ebooks and a website were were really laughable. In fact, people <laughs> laughed at me. I'm serious. These people, I worked at a website design company. They laughed at me. They thought it was cute. And then when it actually got big, they just couldn't believe it. They just couldn't, absolutely just couldn't believe that. The hillbilly from Missouri had created an online business. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so you know, you said you started with with YouTube, but then what um, what led you to decide to do it as an ebook? And how did you kind of translate something that seems like it would would sort of require a video demonstration um, over into an ebook? Like, were you was it so, a lot of photos or just links or how did you do that? What I ended up doing was creating an ebook that you could embed videos into. And that was hard, actually. It was really hard at first because I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know of any software that did it. But I eventually found something and pieced it together. And since then, uh, we've created our own kind of ebook solution as well that allows you to do just that. But uh, it was hard to do. And you had to learn how to embed videos and all this stuff. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, did you have um, any kind of a background in, you know, marketing or or online business stuff at all when you got started, or were you just figuring it out as you went along? Well, I mean, I had I had uh, 
you know, six months worth of sales experience, I would say. But I had, you know, as a as a missionary at some point in my life, I had two years worth of, uh, you know, sales or rejection experience. So, <laughs> but I didn't really have any like marketing or, or programming or design or any kind of background. I was just a college kid. Yeah. I, I want to stop for a second on that comment. Cause I think that's really interesting. This idea of like the rejection, uh, or rejection therapy or whatever you want to call it. Cause I, it's something I've heard, Noah Kagan from AppSumo talk about as being something that is incredibly effective for people who want to start an online business or start making sales or that kind of thing is um, going out and doing stuff where you get rejected on a regular basis uh, so that you know you don't get freaked out when people tell you no or you know you get an unsubscribe from your email list or that kind of thing. So, do you feel like that experience of being out there? You know, when you were a missionary and having people tell you no or probably slam the door in your face sometimes, do you feel like that's something that helped you um, kind of avoid, you know, giving up or avoid struggling like a lot of people do when they're first getting started and people aren't into it or buying their stuff? Absolutely. I mean, you get insulated to the experience after a while. You're like, okay, you know, whatever. At first, <laughs> it, you're like, what am I doing wrong? And then actually, you're like, actually, you know, you win some, you lose some. So move on. And, I think that that's the way life is anyways. You just got to realize, you know, some things you need to tweak and tweak and tweak. And some things, like, for example, maybe 100 people visit your website, but maybe only a couple people buy. But that's actually really, really good. So you just need more people to your website. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Because, yeah, I feel like it does feel like when you're first starting out that everyone who, you know, says no to you, whether it's um, – directly or indirectly where, you know, people coming and visiting your website and leaving without buying something or um, people not signing up for your mailing list or whatever it might be. It, it does feel like almost a personal <laughs> rejection until you realize like only a very small percentage of those people were, you know, were really interested anyway or were the kind of people that you would want as a customer or subscriber for your business. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it was it was helpful, you know. Yeah. So I'm actually just kind of a naive person, anyways, <laughs> and I think I think that that's helpful because like there are people I think who have more ability and, and things like that, and, and they just don't take those first baby steps. Uh, and whereas, like you know, like I was saying, a lot of the guys that I know who knew website design, who knew all kinds of stuff. They they still haven't started a business or anything. Whereas like I was just like do do do, and I put up something and something else, and it you know slowly and surely like in French they say slowly and surely you know a bird builds his nest, kind of one straw at a time. And that's kind of what happened, just slowly and surely. Mm-hmm. So how did you start making that um, that initial transition from you know just having free YouTube videos out there to actually asking you know, people for the sale or offering up your product. Cause I think there are a lot of people out there who uh, are good at getting views to, you know, their YouTube channel or at building up followers on different social media channels or their blog. Um, but, yeah. but then when it comes to actually selling something or, you know, making that ask, that's, they either are too scared to do it or do it in such a way that their audience doesn't like it. <laughs> Here's how, here's, here's how it kind of went down. Like, first, I made the videos, and people were like, I want more. And then I made a website, and people were like, more, more. And so I made 
the ebook and I started giving it away for free. Hmm. And then I started charging $15 for it. And then I started charging 25, 35, 45, up to 67 is what it sells for now. And then I started adding kind of like a coaching program with it that's $10 a month. So uh, this is all, all of that probably happened over the, over the course of two years, I'd say, where I started selling it for higher prices and different prices and um, just kind of went, you know, YouTube, website, ebook, PayPal, uh, ClickBank, and then changing the prices. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you built out your website, what did you have on it? Was it just like embedding the videos that you'd been creating or did you start doing written content as well? Or how did that kind of look? I basically wrote the ebook as a website and sent people to the, to the website. Hmm. And then when it was time, I turned the website into an ebook. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a great, great way to do it. That's really interesting. I also love and wanted to to mention, I, I think it's really cool that you um, experimented with the pricing and you know and kind of <clears throat> did the price testing on the fly because I think with so many people they get hung up on what they should sell their product for you know and they agonize oh should I do twenty seven dollars or forty seven dollars or you know ninety seven dollars or what instead of just putting it out there you know maybe for a lower price to begin with to do some you know, price testing and, and even just to start getting testimonials and feedback from customers. Um, cause I think that's one of the things that can be the hardest when you're first starting out is putting your product out there and not having people buy it and not knowing whether it's actually helpful or people like it or that kind of thing. So, you know, um, the fact that you put it out free and then inexpensively, um, when you put it out for free, were you asking people for, testimonials or case studies or that kind of thing that then you could use to to help sell it or were you just putting it out for free cuz that kind of you know you just wanted to get it kinda, out there uh, I put it out for free cuz I didn't know how to make how to how to make money you know, cuz I didn't know how to like receive money you know right, what I mean right. <laughs> yeah like I just didn't know and so I was just like that was the only thing I knew how to do at the time and then uh yeah I started asking I I, I framed it kind of like yeah you know Give me testimonials if you give it free, and I actually got a ton of testimonials. Mm. But uh, I did it that way because I literally didn't know what else to do. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I love it. Um, so outside of of YouTube, I mean, do you still do new YouTube content, or do you kind of just have a, a ton of content out there, and people are still finding it these days? Um, I'm still putting out YouTube videos and. Well, here's my here's what I do basically is like some people ask like what what do I say in my YouTube videos but all I do is like I made a video and then in the comments somebody said what about this and so I made a video about that and then in those comments more questions came up so I I ended up just making a list of all the questions I got and when it was time to make videos I would turn my computer on and I would answer a question and then I'd turn the video off turn it back on and I'd answer another question so I would make like seven videos in a you know, 30 minutes sitting, just answering people's questions. And then I would just send out those videos for that week or that month. Gotcha. So you weren't, you know, your videos weren't all necessarily like demonstrations of exercises. None of them were. They were all talking head. None of them were. All of them were talking head videos uh, that were, I mean, they're still out there. They're bad. I mean, (laughs) 
they're bad quality, but they're high in content. And I think that's the thing is like, I've seen a lot of people who like, man, they make some hot videos, like sweet, you know, logo, intro, outro, calls to action, all this stuff. But like in the end, I think people listened to mine because it was like, it was actionable content, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, and it answered their question. And some people were like, man, you need to do something more than the talking head videos. And it's true, you know. I, and I later started doing some demo videos, but the vast majority of it is, is me explaining how to do things. And sometimes I'll pop out of my seat and be like, you don't do it like this, you do it like that. But it's not like polished in a, you know, weight room or kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's yeah. great. Yeah, I think most people, again, like with the pricing thing, they worry about the polish and, you know, having the most slick kind of produced video that they can get rather than just hopping on and, you know, genuinely helping and answering people's questions and um, giving people the content that they're looking for and not worrying so much about the uh, production value of it. So outside of YouTube, have you uh, really like leveraged any other traffic channels? Do you do an email list or um, any, any other social media or has YouTube been kind of your bread and butter? So YouTube was how I really got things going and then I had my own email list, so I would sell other people's products uh, to my email list. And when I had an affiliate program, other people started, you know, selling my stuff in many diverse ways. And so my marketing was kind of outsourced to a certain degree. I've never, you know, I've done Facebook. I've written articles. I do a blog. Uh, I even made a podcast at one point in time that I didn't do much with. Uh, but I've never really done paid traffic until hopefully tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. We've, well, we've created like this massive campaign and we're going to see how it goes. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's really interesting. So, um, so you said that you've, you know, kind of been able to build your business by promoting other people's stuff as an affiliate. And then do you, um, do you get a lot of value from affiliates promoting your stuff as, as affiliate traffic oh, become a I big get- source? Oh, yeah. I get a ton of value from other affiliates promoting my stuff. I make way more money, you know. I make probably the most money maybe from my own sales. And then close second, maybe even more, I don't know, it's up there, is my affiliate sales. And then behind that are the, you know, a sales I make of other people's product. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to um, to talk about with you is how you manage your business while you're out traveling around because um, I'm sure that's an idea that a lot of people feel totally like freaked out by or, or just think, oh, well, it's not possible to do customer service or, you know, kind of manage those pieces um, while you're in foreign countries and maybe have uh, internet internet issues or, you know, like, like you're doing right now where you, you're at a, a McDonald's, I think, in uh, – in Japan doing this call, like where you're not, you don't have a home base set up, um, to run your business from. So how do you manage that? Like what is, what is managing your business look like on a, a day-to-day basis? Yeah, yeah. So at the beginning it was me, you know, staying up at nights and making videos and writing articles and researching how to do this or that. And that went on for a really long time. <laughs> and, and then it went for me like having a team, I started batching things, so I would do all my videos on Monday, all my articles on Tuesday, and all my you know social updates on a certain day, and then you know I would just let them just kind of drip out until 
I needed to do them again. Uh, and then when I got, you know, my team together, uh, I have a team in the Philippines that we, I essentially pay about $400 a month for one person full time. And they're actually really good. So it's eight hours a day they work and they get paid $400 a month, which is crazy, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think most people uh, think so it's I, way more expensive to have an, a full time well, employee. Well, actually, I went out there. <laughs> What's funny is like I went out there. Uh, last month, and I surprised the team. I walked in on them at the office they work out, and uh, it was just awesome. We hung out for a whole month. I worked at where they work at. We chilled out, and like that is good income for them there. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool actually. It's so cheap. It's mm-hmm. unreal. Oh man, I fed like fourteen people for like a few bucks. It's crazy. Anyways, yeah, uh, no, it's awesome. I mean, that, that, that's one that's, thing. You know, I think a lot of people feel. Uh, who who've heard about the outsourcing thing feel kind of conflicted about it. They feel like, oh well, you know, I'm not not paying enough. But honestly, like the the cost of living is just so much lower that it is totally reasonable and fair to um, you know to do that and be able to have someone who uh, they love working for you and you're paying them a good living wage and all that stuff. It's a win all across the board. And like I would just tell people I would meet. Just to get a feel of like, I have a team here. Here's what I pay them. And they would be like, uh, that's what you pay them? I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, do you have any openings? I would love to work for you. <laughs> These are people who are working in like stores that you think, you know, they're dressed up nice and they in the mall or wherever it is. And you think, oh, these people have, you know. But th- they were like, man, that isn't. These, these guys, I mean, if they were making the type of money that you make in America, they'd be like the richest person in town because – they don't have the same expenses. But anyways, the team has been awesome for me, but I manage my team with, uh, I use hall.com to do our communication. I use a program called Mumble, which is like a walkie-talkie program, so we can all just kind of holler at each other whenever. So if I've got my phone on me, like, it's actually a video game uh, audio system. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like meant for people who are gaming together, and it picks up your voice when you're talking, and so we use that. Um, I use Asana for my task development. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as like how I structure, how I get things done, I use a program called GTD, which is called Getting Things Done. Yep. It's a book, which is a very simple method of, you know, what, you, what tasks you should do next. Um, and then as far as for communication, I like a little, I like to use Dropbox. I like to use uh, Snagit. For you know, screen sharing and stuff like that, and uh, that's really about it as far as like the eBooks. Um, like I, I also do. We have another uh, program called My eBook Master, and that's like a little more software development. So I've had to learn tools and things for software development, but that's probably not something that uh, would be <laughs> that interesting to most people. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So. That's an awesome list of tools. I definitely use uh, use some of those myself, and there's some really good stuff in there. I'll link all these up in the show notes for people who are interested in checking them out. Um, so as far as like taking payment and delivering the product, you said that um, – or at least at one point you were using PayPal. And uh, you, do you still use ClickBank as well, which would be like the payment processing and affiliate management? Yeah, I do use ClickBank still. And the reason I use ClickBank is because they have a large affiliate network that finds my product and markets it, and people trust it for that reason. Uh, like if you're an affiliate, you want to know when you promote somebody else's product, you're going to get paid for it. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, why people use it is 
they know they don't have to bother somebody to get paid. It just happens automatically. So uh, that's why I used it. On some launches, I've used uh, Gumroad, which is a very pretty and very easy uh, way to take payments online. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, I plan on using Apple Pay inside of my apps, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit more about the uh, the apps that you have. Um, I wasn't aware that you had had some. What, yeah, do, what do they cool. do? What do they look like? Um, and well, are they one of? Sorry, go ahead. If you have a WordPress blog, if you have a WordPress blog, you can get this software called WYSIWYAPP, and it basically turns your WordPress blog into an app and submits it to Android and iTunes. Uh, so basically, just makes your your app inside your your website kind of an app inside of the iTunes store. So mm. that's how I did it. Gotcha. Very cool. So then, you know, people can check out your posts and and that sort of thing, but also yeah. buy your product directly through the app itself. Yeah. So that's basically how I would. And I, you know, I just put the app there, and I haven't even done much with it. I just wanted to get it up and kind of like a hands free thing. So. The way I have it set up when I update my blog, the app is updated too, so I don't really worry about it and don't really know what's going on with it. But uh, eventually I'll see how many people are looking at it, and maybe if there's a lot, I'll start offering my product through Apple Pay on Mm -hmm. there. Very cool. Uh, Because then people can, with a fingerprint, buy it, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wanted to jump back for a second to talk about uh, the affiliate stuff because I think um, for a lot of people who want, to do a digital product um, as you know, part of their business, they they love the idea of having affiliates promoting them because it's uh, it's not free traffic, but it's you know you're not out there having to do all of the marketing work work yourself. And like you said, people can send you um, a ton of business uh, pretty passively. But one of the things you know, having having worked at ClickBank and kind of seen how it all works, is for a lot of people, it's tough to start recruiting affiliates and getting people to um, to actually promote your product. So do you have any tips or anything that, that you've done that you feel have helped you get affiliates on board and, and get them wanting to promote your stuff that somebody else could use? You know, in some ways, I'm kind of a genuine poster boy for ClickBank because, like, I didn't recruit any of my affiliates. They just found me in the open marketplace. <laughs> And they promoted me. And, you know, it just doesn't work like that. Like, uh, the product converted well. And mm-hmm. the product, they did, people didn't refund it. And as much as possible, when affiliates contacted me and said, hey, I need videos. Hey, I need images. I made, you know, affiliate resources for them. So I think, you know, the combination of the open marketplace where people could find me and having a product that was legitimate and was helpful and providing them the resources to do their marketing, I think, was was the key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great point you made about, you know, kind of stepping up to provide affiliate resources. And that was something I always saw a lot. Um, when I was at ClickBank where there were quite a few vendors who were, they'd have an affiliate program, but weren't good at communicating with affiliates. They weren't good at, you know, being reactive and, and actually providing stuff that people were asking for. And, you know, if you're not willing to do those things, then affiliate marketing is really probably not going to work for you. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I think, too, it seems like your product has always been pretty unique. You know, it's not another weight loss product or another, you know, 
one of these products where there are a hundred of them. So I have to imagine in the marketplace that kind of attracted people to see, wow, there's something kind of different here and something where there's a pretty clear market for it, like athletes or basketball players or that kind of thing, where people could quickly figure out, you know, who it was for and assuming it does convert, then it's pretty easy for them to, to know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, there were, a, there were a handful of people doing what I did uh, online as well. But, I mean, you get into the Internet marketing space and you get into the diet and space, uh, I mean, you're just, you're just another number. But, on the other hand, you've also got uh, millions more customers. I mean, millions and millions of customers. So I think it's kind of can, can go either way. Like, yeah, what's fun about mine is like, I have a very specific demographic and a very targetable niche with a very specific message. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's one way to go about it. But some of people, you know, if you're in the diet niche, they, they like that because everybody is a potential customer pretty much if you're American. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I like, I chose this niche. I didn't choose it. It chose me because mm-hmm. it was my interest and I love it. And I, I mean, you won't believe this. Like I'm in, I'm in Tokyo and I'm playing ball at a random court and some guy's like, Hey, you're the jump manual guy. You're the oh, jump wow. guy. And that happens in almost every country I go to. That's incredible. Uh, and it's like, it's just, it's insane, man. Like <laughs> if I, if you ever would have even asked me like, Hey, you think one day you'll, you know, have a best selling book about jumping higher and be recognized? I, I would have been like, I wasn't even on my radar, you know? Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to not get so involved in jumping higher because I thought it was a, you know, I didn't know there was a future professionally for that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I think that really speaks to, um, you know, some good advice I've heard about um, for people who are trying to figure out, you know, what what should I do or what's my passion or that kind of thing, which is to just try things, <laughs> you know, and really just get into things and do them for your own enjoyment and then share them with other people rather than I think a lot of people try to figure out what the perfect niche or the perfect, you know, money-making opportunity is um, without necessarily having much interest in it. And then they don't have the passion to stick with it and do the stuff that needs to be done, like staying up late at night making videos or that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. We live in a time when like, every single interest you can think of you can find those people online you know if there's a weird interest if you're you're interested in something chances are other people are too Mm -hmm. and because you can access those people on this world wide web thing like you can you can find people all over and uh, it's just amazing I mean so they're on Facebook or so that's cool yeah I think I think you're right I think I think I think it's an advantage that to be someone who just kind of really gets into stuff like I really get into stuff and I get into the details and stuff and I think that's helpful because other people want to know the details so if you're kind of a junkie and just have all this information so I I don't know kind of you can be I didn't know that I was the expert yet until I realized hey wait a minute I've probably researched and explained and done presentations and research on this topic than maybe anybody else in the world (laughs) yeah yeah, you know, maybe there's maybe there's like a handful of us, and then like I'd bought equipment to do more research and stuff, and then I realized like, man, I, I, I really am the guy who knows more about this little topic than probably anybody else. Yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> I love that. So, do you have any uh, any final kind of advice or parting thoughts for 
people who are looking to turn you know their interest in into income or into a business you know here's my advice if you know if you're thinking about it uh why not just devote a little time to it every day or every week and that's what this is how it started for me i never thought i'm going to make it big with jumping i just thought hey you know what i'm going to start doing this and i'm just going to do it for you know indefinitely because i enjoy it and i think because of that uh it just grew into something. So I think if you enjoy it and you like doing it and you have something of value to give and you just start putting in time long term, because I think people quit quick, you know, they start quitting really early. Mm-hmm. And I've got projects, other projects that I've been working on for years that just kind of chipped away at that now are making okay money too. Uh, so I don't know. I just think you find something you love enough to do it, even if you're not going to get paid and start helping people out and you're probably bound to draw a crowd. That's awesome. Great advice. <laughs> Love it. Well, Jacob, uh, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Where can people uh, find you? You know, find your product, and even your um, your ebook creation product you were talking about for people who might be interested in doing that kind of thing. Where can people find out more okay. about you? Um, if they want to hear about you know my son and my wife and the traveling, it's portableprofessionals.com. Portableprofessionals.com. And if you want to hear about my jump manual, jumpmanual.com. And if you want to hear about my ebook software and my ebook, uh, you know, how I promote my ebook, it's myebookmaster.com. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks again, Jacob. It's been awesome talking to you, and uh, good luck in your further travels. Uh, I can't wait to yeah, keep up yeah. and find out where all you guys are going next because I'm sure. Hey, do you yeah. know where you're going next, or are you just kind of hanging out in, in Japan for a uh, while? Disney World. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Disney World, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again for being Uh, on the show and take care. All right. Thanks, man. Hey, Bo here. I wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it or if you have an idea for how I could make it even better, it would really mean a lot to me if you could leave a review at youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes. Leaving reviews really helps to get the word out about the show, introduces new audience to it to make it even better, and is your way of telling me how I can make it the best show possible for you. Also, if you'd like to get all of the updates that I have on the blog, on podcast episodes, and get a copy of my Quick Start Biz Quiz, which is a real simple one-page document with some questions you can answer to get really clear on your business, how to get it going, and how to make it even better, just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash subscribe, and you can sign up there. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.